So there are income limits for contributions. If you're married, couple your your modified adjusted gross income cannot exceed in 2020 over $206,000 if you make over $206,000 you can't even contribute to a Roth if you're married so this is for the high income earners which you can still have 401ks or 403bs in your plans or IRAs and you can convert so there is no income limits on conversions but there's income limits on contributions so that's why they're looking to uh, get this money into Roth as much as possible. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. Welcome into the Retirement Reality Podcast. I'm Ben George alongside Mike Koyanen, founder and owner of Principal Preservation Services. Today we're talking Roth conversions. A pretty popular topic. Uh, I think in recent years, it's really become a, a trendy topic uh, across the industry and in, in, in retirement planning. So I want to really dive into it today and, and really give you a lot of detail on Roth conversions, what, what they are, are they worth considering, some strategies to use. Maybe they don't work for you possibly, but we're going to go through all that today. And Mike, Roth conversions, is that a, a pretty popular topic for you and your clients? Yeah, we, we do talk a lot about that, especially when we're trying to maximize tax brackets. So yeah, it's an important part of planning for sure, because I, I don't think, I think one of the biggest mistakes my older clientele have mentioned to me um, before they're my clients is they wish they would have done more Roth. Hmm. And, um, you know, that's, it's one thing that some of the things that's in these employer sponsored plans, they just don't talk about. It might've been available in their 401ks and 403bs for years before they really even knew about it and even understood it. So we're doing our best to catch up as much as we can now with Roth. Yeah, so that's why we're going to talk about it quite a bit today. I mean, I I was kind of surprised. I mean, I've I've known about them for most of my life when I got into investing. My parents were uh, smart enough to kind of push me in that direction early on. But there's so many of my friends and, and people that I've worked with that just I mentioned Roth to them and they just been kind of like, huh? <laughs> you know, like it. They, you just assume like the 401k that's offered through work is just where you need to put your money. You don't really look at it. So. This is a conversation I think that's going to be really good for a lot of people. So we're going to jump into that right now. Remember, also, okay. we'll have a mailbag question coming up a little bit later. So stay tuned for that. And also, you can find everything that we talk about past episodes as well online at principalpreservationservices.com. So let's just start with the, the very basic uh, first question. What is a Roth conversion and, and why is it worth considering for a lot of people? Yeah, a conversion is actually converting your pre-tax dollars uh, your 401ks or 403bs or IRAs, that money that you get a tax deduction from, you know, into a Roth, which means you're, you're paying your taxes to convert it over. So what a Roth uh, account, a Roth IRA is, you pay your taxes today, but then all the, the growth is tax-free. So in retirement, you can take that money out tax-free. You don't have to claim it on your income taxes. So the opposite of, you know, the IRAs and 401ks are you get your tax deduction now, but the Roth, you don't get the tax deduction, but you get that growth tax-free. But there's, if you're making the contributions, there's limits how much you can put into it. That's why Roth conversions are popular because there are no limits. Okay, makes sense. Um, you know, this is something that works for a lot of different people, but is why might the Roth conversion be especially helpful for high-income earners? Yeah, well, uh, we call that the backdoor Roth. If you might have heard okay. of that, and um, you know, you know, who, who sets these rules? You know, the politicians. You know, the ones who, who who pass these rules because they have high income and they they make too much money to 
contribute to a Roth. So there are income limits for contributions. If you're married, couple your your modified adjusted gross income cannot exceed in 2020 over $206,000. If you make over $206,000, you can't even contribute to a Roth if you're married. So this is for the high income earners where you can still have 401ks or 403bs in your plans or IRAs and you can convert. So there is no income limits on conversions, but there's income limits on contributions. So that's why they're looking to uh, get this money into Roth as much as possible. And also, you know, when you look at, you pay your taxes when you do the conversion. So that's, it's not free. Right. <laughs> you have to, you have to pay your taxes. But when you look at, would you rather pay taxes today where we know where the tax brackets are at? And this is where I think a lot of the high incomers look at it. We're in some of the lowest tax brackets they've seen in a long time. Let's pay it when we know where the brackets are at. Whereas the future, we don't know. I mean, they could be higher, most likely higher. Uh, but we don't know what those will be, so let's take the chance and, and get it done now. Well, you mentioned taxes, and that, and that kind of brought up a thought in my mind. So if I was to roll over uh, an old 401k from a, an employer and, and moved it into a Roth conversion, do they pull the taxes out of that money before it transfers over? Or when I get my statement the next year, is all that money included on there, and then I owe those taxes on my next, uh, my next bill? Usually you can do it either way. So okay. usually we like to have on the conversions, when we do them, we uh, actually withhold the taxes on the conversion just like you would have on a on a, on a paycheck. So you can right. set your, your federal and state so you're not having to come up with, you know, if you're converting $50,000 and you're at, you know, just say average 20% tax bracket in five states, so we would withhold the 25% so you don't have to come up with that money. But some people don't do that, and some 401ks don't do that. You're liable to come up with those dollars for the conversion next year. Okay. Yeah, I was just kind of curious about that because it's something I've always considered, so I didn't know how that exactly worked. Well, it seems like a good idea, obviously, and it works for a lot of people, but what are, if any, are the common mistakes that you see people make when they're uh, turning to a Roth conversion? Well, one of it is doing it too much at, at once, uh, okay. not understanding the tax brackets they're in. You know, when people say, I'm just going to do the whole conversion, like you said, well, what if that's $100,000 and they don't look at the tax liability all at once? And that could be very expensive if you're not planning it appropriately. So a couple of days ago, we had somebody in the office were maximizing these these tax brackets. And what we mean by that is, you know, if, if they're only in a a 12% tax bracket, one client in particular who has some tax-free income from a, a sale of a business. So that doesn't count as income. And part of the Social Security's tax, not all of it, I'm like, my goodness, we, we could take out $75,000 this year and do a conversion and still be in the 12% tax bracket because we look at your modified adjusted gross income after deductions. And we can do the same next year as well. So about $150,000 conversion, um, which is pretty sizable. But you know, when you get into that 22% bracket or you get to that 24% bracket, you have to say, is it worth it? Because the taxes could be so much more. Okay. Well, give me an example of a, of a person if, that uh, might be listening to this that you think might really benefit from going this route and, and doing a Roth conversion. Yeah. Again, the tax brackets are important, but also time. Because if, if you're you're just entering retirement and you don't have Roth. I, that's one thing I, I tell people. I said, well, when are you going to be needing money out of this? Because when you do the conversion, there is a five-year rule. Five years on when you do that conversion before you can access the growth and take that money out. So 
if you're going to be converting it and then taking that money out as withdrawals and retirement, it's just not going to work out. It doesn't make sense to do it. So time is a big piece. Tax brackets are a big piece. And what's your goal with this money? Is it to is it to leave money behind to your kids? Or if you're going to be spending the money anyways, sometimes it's just not worth it at the time. If you're if you're at a twenty four percent tax bracket today while you're working, or twenty two, but in retirement you're going to be at a twelve percent tax bracket, sometimes it just doesn't make sense to pay an extra ten percent on the on the conversion when you're gonna be ten percent lower in retirement. So there's a lot of factors we look at. It's not always a guarantee it's the best situation for everybody. But, you know, with the new rules like we just talked about on a recent podcast on the Secure Act, when people are really concerned about leaving money behind to your to your children someday, the best way you can get that money to your kids is through the Roth because they will never pay a dime of taxes on that money. But if they receive your IRAs that way or 401ks that way, well, they have limited amount of time. They have to take that money out and pay taxes on it. So it's either 401ks, 403bs, usually it's a five-year distribution, or an IRA is a 10-year distribution. Roth, they get that tax-free. So we have some clients say, it's my goal to do as much planning for my kids because I'm on top of things and they're not, and I want to make <laughs> life easier for them. And, uh, and that's some people's goals and some people's not. So it all depends what your family dynamics are. The key is there's so much more than just tax brackets. There's you know, there's so much more. It's, is it time? Do you have time to do that and not touch that money? Okay. So, I mean, I guess you kind of answered a little bit, but uh, is there anything else you can add in terms of people that maybe should not consider a Roth conversion? Yeah, taking high, a lot of withdrawals out, um, needing to depend so much on your on your accounts and uh, for those who are maybe I should say pension poor for those people people who have pensions uh, they're really good situation to do Roth conversions because you have social security and pensions and that's for a lot of these people who come in here that's meeting their needs and their their IRAs are just the the extras and they're just taking out the required minimum distributions because they have to so they give that ability to do it but if you're not don't have pensions you're going to be so much more reliant on those funds it might not be the best situation to do Roth conversions you know I'm just trying to think of some stories that we have but yeah. every situation is is different you know because we don't want to be penalized for ta- you know pay, pay the taxes and then take you could have that money in there for three or four years and you take it out well you didn't get any of the growth off of it, so you don't want to to do the conversion if you're going to be using it if you don't have that time. And a lot of people make this mistake too, and I think this is important to bring up. When people are, depending on what your age is, if you're 70 and a half under the old rules, uh, because maybe you're, you're in your 70s, you have to take out your RMDs, but under the SECURE Act, if you were under 70 and a half last year, you can wait till 72. I've heard this several times. And people said, you know what? I don't need my RMDs. So what I'm just going to do is when I take out the money, I'm just going to put that money into my Roth. I said, you can't do that. <laughs> I said that you think the IRS had already figured that out. You cannot use your required minimum distributions to fund your Roth. That is not allowable. And what the rules state is when your RMD age, you must meet your RMDs first before any conversions take place. So you can still do conversions after you're taking your required minimum distributions out, but RMDs come first. And uh, meet those first, then you can do the conversions afterwards. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have questions about Roth conversions, whether or not it works for them, should they consider doing that with some of their money? 
And I guess anybody that uh, has those questions, Mike, or wants to try to learn more about what exactly they are, if we didn't answer all their questions in this episode, you'd probably just suggest come on in, set up an appointment, let us talk to you and see what your situation is. Yeah, that's that's important. There's no uh, perfect answer. Put people in a box. I don't like because every every situation is different. It's family dynamics. It's your expenses. It's your time frame. It's your tax brackets. And you know, there's we can we can not one couple is going to be identical to another couple. But we we assess your situation, go over the pros and cons, and is it the right right fit or not? And we'll give you that our recommendation. What we would agree or not agree if it's to do a Roth or not. Uh, but at least you, you know, you know, leaving a Roth behind is, is one of the best legacy accounts that you can leave behind to anybody, children or grandchildren. But if you're going to leave money behind to a charity, I will say leave your IRAs, leave your taxable accounts to charities because they won't have to pay the taxes on it. If you're leaving to individuals, read the, uh, leave them Roth. Uh, good information for sure. You can find uh, Mike and his team at principalpreservationservices.com. They do have the offices, as we've mentioned before, in uh, both Minnesota and Wisconsin, so whatever is more, more convenient. But they're only, what, 10 minutes away, so uh, pretty easy to get to either office there. Well, before we right. close out the show, let's, uh, let's get to the mailbag and uh, take a question from Buddy. Buddy asks, I have several thousand dollars of company stock that I like to cash in to make a down payment on some land where I'll eventually build a vacation home. Is there any reason I shouldn't do that? Well, one of the big reasons why people don't get rid of, uh, and I'm assuming this uh, stock is in a, a non-qualified account, is not an IRA, because if it was in a, an IRA account, you're just subject to whatever tax bracket you're at. But being it's most likely in a non-qualified account, you're subject to the gains, you know, the, the, we want to find out what that cost basis is. So if you've had that stock for a long time, you might have a lot of gains. Hopefully, you know, if you look at what Amazon's at, it's almost at $2,200 a share. I looked the other day, but you might have bought that at $500 a share. So that's $1,500 a share gains. And so depending how many shares you have, that could be a very expensive ordeal to do that. So you just want to know the, the uh, situation going in. What is that going to cost you getting rid of that stock? Looking at the key term is cost basis. What is your cost basis on that stock? Does it make sense or not? Now, there's some losers, you know, even in a great environment we've had in the market. So even if you have some losers in your stock portfolio that is uh, flat or it's upside down, well, that's not going to cost you anything to get rid of that. But if it's made some some good gains like most have in the last few years, double check on the, on the tax implications with that. Thanks for that question. Um, always something to consider and uh, work with a professional when you have the opportunity to uh, get a little more information. There's always, we, we try to do our best to answer these questions, or at least Mike does. Uh, I don't contribute a whole lot on that end, but uh, we always try to make sure you understand that there's so many things that go into these decisions. So based on what we know, Mike tries to give you the best answer he can, but it's always best to follow up with all your information with him to make sure that he can completely answer uh, your question and your situation in full. And remember, you can always do that by connecting with him. The phone number for Principal Preservation Services is 855-987-8888. And uh, their website is principalpreservationservices.com. Connect on Facebook as well. You can send in a question to any of those locations, uh, whatever you choose, and we'll try to bring them on the show and answer them here. So, 
Mike, uh, good conversation on Roth conversions. I definitely think it's something that everybody, if they haven't considered, probably will do so at some point in the near future, especially with the new Secure Act. So good information to put out there for them. Yeah, it, just come on in and let's, let's talk about run your situation and and uh, see if it's a fit or not. But uh, so much ins and outs of uh, just Roth to find out if it's the best thing to do is really assess your situation individually. And we talk about these a lot in seminars, but I said this is just general information. You know, your personal information is going to be what really determines if it's a good fit or not. Well, before we close it out, let me remind you to please subscribe uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever player you listen to, you will find the Retirement Reality Podcast right there. You can also go back online to principalpreservationservices.com to hear past episodes and all future episodes will be there as well. We'll have a new one next week. We hope to talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Retirement Reality Podcast. information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.